Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bonneau, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go. So today my guest is Jesus Sotelo. He's a serial fintech entrepreneur, investor, co-founder of Expertise and Moonshot Brands. Uh, and we're going to talk about both those brands, his background, e-commerce brands, and a lot more. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you with us here. Tatiana, nice, nice to be here with you and thank you for inviting me. Let's start with a bit of a background. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get to do what you do today? Yeah, so I am originally from Mexico. Uh, I grew up in a very small town in, in the mountains. And from early on, I was a gamer. And, and that defined a little bit of what happened later to me because I was a gamer trying to play online. Uh, but there was no internet in my hometown. And the only way to play <laughs> was by doing a dial into a long distance call to a different server in a different city. My father screamed at the at the bills for telephone when he saw my <laughs> the result of oh, my I gaming, and that triggered me and my first uh, company, which was bringing internet to my hometown. Uh, when I was 15 years old, I, I built the first internet carrier to that little region of Mexico. Wow! Uh, sold that company and have since ever stayed connected to internet and finance type of ventures. I came to the U.S. via MIT, where I went for grad school have worked at top hedge fund, uh, have worked at very scrappy <laughs> restaurants, cooking food and serving tables. I have, have done about everything. And most recently I've been an investor in e-commerce companies. I buy and sell companies that sell online globally. Um, that's, that's kind of my background in a nutshell. Mm. I, mean, I love that. I, I love that motivation because usually when kids, and I have kids myself, so like when they get stuck on games, I'm always like, that's, you know, too much. That's not good for you. Do something else. And and, and now you're like, oh, because I wanted to play games, I did all of those great things. I'm like, oh, okay. So maybe like it's, not, <laughs> it's I <laughs> well, guess it's about kids, motivation. You know, maybe your kids will invent artificial intelligence because they cannot like win on the game or something and they're going to go yeah. play something <laughs> cool. And, and that's what they are going to be speaking about in 20 years from today yeah no I, well and also i think things have changed a lot like if you know 10 15 years ago you could say get off that computer get off that phone now it's they're so much connected and so much related like you're taking all of the like literally they're doing all of the homeworks there their, their social life is there like everything yes. is there so it's yeah it's very it's very hard to to find that balance but i love the fact that for you in your case that led to led you to do something and to like create something um well, it wasn't just yeah. a consuming side and that was an important realization what you're saying right now which is that your kids live fully digitally that's exactly mm. how I, I thought about it because like even even since that early on I, I thought internet is kind of the new town where everybody meets and and in mm. this new town there is new businesses and there is going to be a, a new type of economy and so when the opportunity came to, to be an investor in e-commerce brands and other type of, of brands as well that sell online made a lot of sense. It's like where people are today, it's online. So it's very important that 
that you participate and learn to, to deal in, in, in that ecosystem because it's here to stay. Mm, absolutely. And why e-commerce in particular? So it's it's interesting. Um it I had as I said, I had I had worked a little bit in restaurant. Truly what I had started back in 2019 was a ghost kitchen, which is the model where you have a scrappy kitchen on the side of the street and sell everything via delivery apps. That didn't work well, but in in that process, I got acquainted with uh, other two guys that became my co-founders at Moonshot. They has uh, they they discovered and they have seen the the growing trends that COVID hit or triggered in in mm. e-commerce, and with that, we and a lot of other people were able to raise a lot of money to start e-commerce ventures on the back of the huge growth that COVID gave to, to e-commerce. Mm. We raised $100 million in a debt facility and a bunch of many millions of dollars in equity as well. And that's what the capital we used to, to buy companies. Um, and it created a whole new aspect to, to my life and opened up a new door of uh, expressing my thinking, which is that of trying to understand how do companies work in this global ecosystem where people in China and America and Europe are collaborating. Like you have a person in mm. Israel creating a brand that buys products from Vietnam, selling in UK, mm. has never mm. been to Vietnam. And I, I found that to be so cool. And just thinking about the categories that people buy products in and why do they buy them and what's gonna grow and what's gonna go down. Um, from a very analytical perspective, it was just very interesting to me. I'm mm. talking to so many people, you know, like I love it. So, so been speaking to probably I don't know over a thousand owners of e-commerce companies that I spoke to to understand their companies, try to buy their companies, try to do something with them. So, have a very deep understanding of what drives a founder today, and how do they perceive success in an online environment. Mm. So from that experience, talking to thousands of founders of, of online brands, what are your thoughts on, like, what do you feel people get wrong most of the time? What do people get wrong most of the time? Mm. Oh, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I, I don't think there is just one answer, but if I, if I will highlight something important, is that typically people do well in life, because they have a strength and that is real in the e-commerce business as well. And so when you have a strength, you like it because it's a self-reinforcing mechanism. Mm. You do something well and people like reward you for that. And then you do it more and more and more. But the, the more you focus on doing the thing that you do really, really well, you abandon the things that you are not doing all that well. And so how that translates to e-commerce in particular is that you may have some founders that know everything about the product and branding but do not know anything about supply chain. And then they cannot mm. get the PNL right because they have these super expensive teams, super expensive product is beautiful, but cannot make a dollar, like, like loses mm. money all the time. Or you have mm. a guy that has like perfect efficiency orientation. And so they have amazing packaging to be the most cost-effective from a supply chain perspective. The product is so cheap but nobody cares about the product. This is just so ugly, <laughs> right? And, and so yeah. forgetting about being a balance and, and resourcing yourself to be a balanced entrepreneur across a set of them 
dimensions that requires like you know being a, a global founder it's it's tough it's a tough task and people of more often than not don't get it right mm. And I think what you mentioned at the beginning, you said you were working on a project on a startup that failed, but that's where you made, met your yeah, co-founders. Yes, yes. So for instance, there where we were really good at was like ghost, it was a ghost kitchen. And so what we did is we leased this uh, in, in an alley of a street here in Mexico City. We, we leased a property. We equipped it to have many, many kitchens at like professional grade equipment, we lease them. So we immediately were cash flow break even. So all that went really, really fine, you know, like the infrastructure because I'm an engineer. But <laughs> not not having done marketing before, not having cared about like my online presence before. Like, okay, so everybody <clears> was like, we open doors, kitchens are beautiful, everybody's ready, food is fresh in the fridge, and not a single order. <laughs> when are you gonna advertise like how are you gonna sell these things do you have a yeah. website is that website being promoted and so on and so forth uh no the answer is no okay the business fail yeah Sad. i've like, seen a lot of that uh, i have to say yeah i've seen a lot of that when i was uh, in it uh we were doing software and websites and i've seen so many and, and the horrible thing is that similar to what I have with domain names. Now, oftentimes people just have to make their own mistakes and they're not going to listen to you because exactly what you just mentioned, I've worked with people who would come for a website or for some software to handle, you know, whatever it is they're, they're doing. Um, and, and that's how actually I got into marketing and branding because they would come for that technical side of things mm -hmm. and we would talk to them and make that great website or build that super cool software and whatever. And then it's like, now what happens? And they'll be like, well, now we're just, you know, open. It's there. <laughs> you know, I'm going to sit in the office and pick up the phone. And uh, yeah. But it doesn't work like that. <laughs> no, no, there is this big, uh, I think that there's a misconception of if you build it, they'll come. Yeah. And it's just not like that, you know, it's like you, you have no. to be well-rounded especially what what you were saying at the beginning that the the whole internet phenomen, uh, phenomena yeah it, it's it, it's like a huge market now so if you build it they'll come it's just this you drown somewhere in all of that yes, so yes, there are so many there are so many options but let me give you a few data points um globally there are three million e-commerce founders like if that was going to be a city in the US, it would be the third largest city. It will, there is New mm. York and, and there will be, it will be between Chicago and LA. That's crazy. This, yeah. this group of people have a gross merchandising volume of 600 billion and growing at very fast rate. Mm. Google is scratching 400 billion in revenue. Facebook is under 200. Like it's that these massive corporations, it's Walmart, it's, it's around that, that ballpark. And what I'm trying to say with that is like this nascent group of founders has gotten so big already, you know, and people, mm. are, you know, it's, it's a big piece of economy. And so, so I think that it, it's, it's interesting how, how it will keep on changing things. And that keeps me engaged, you know, plus I love the, the people that are in the ecosystem. That sector changed from when you first started. Tatiana, can you, could you repeat your question? My internet or your internet, one of the internet's questions. Yeah, as, as, uh, yeah, so some something throws. Yeah, so how how have you seen that sector e-commerce 
sector change from since when you started? So that's a good question. Um, I think that the first huge, uh, the first huge gorilla of online sales may have been probably eBay, or one of the most important mm. ones at the beginning, and then Amazon followed shortly. And so we are early on in the whole di digital journey. But what happened is that Amazon had to launch and open doors. And for that to open doors, they subsidize a, a lot getting sellers, meaning getting products to sell to people. So they were very friendly mm -hmm. to sellers. Just bring your product. We are not going to charge you for many things. It's going to be an easy time. And the more that chan, like, so, and then they had like a lot of customer adoption because people will go to Amazon and find a lot of the goods that they needed. And then it became like kind of a monopoly. It's not a monopoly, but it's like a very large thing. Right. And so, mm. and so Amazon got like into a more mature state and now they are charging sellers and the margins that sellers had before are not there anymore. And they find mm. the need to, to have their own house. Right. And so they, mm -hmm. they went and created their websites. And that was good for a while because Facebook had this magical box of giving you leads, regardless of mm. your website or your domain, whatever it was. Like it, Facebook was great at, at feeding you clients. But then Apple changed the game by introducing the new privacy regulations and, and controls in iOS. And that changed the cost of customer, uh, of customer acquisition. And what we are seeing right now is that the two main channels for e-commerce companies are not what they used to be. Not to say that there are no mm. new channels, it's just that they are different. And so people, I think, are struggling to adapt and keep good margins. But the whole mm. ecosystem is still growing, meaning the GMB globally is growing and new channels are, are appearing. And so, so I think that Staying on top of trends is a typical game of, of a marketer and finding the new growth avenues is, is really, really important, as well as learning how to cope with the mature stage of platforms like, say, uh, Amazon. Mm. So, so it's, it's, That's it's, so... There, is a lot, there is a lot to cook there, you know, and, and there are so many mm. brands, not, not all of them uh, live the same fate. Mm, of they do really well. Yeah, we did recently have a, we had an article before, but recently we did an update on exactly on platforms and how have they uh, developed and, and changed over time. And exactly what you just mentioned with Amazon. And I've actually, as a consumer, I've noticed that, that sometimes like you would go, like I have certain brands that I like and I would find their products cheaper on Amazon than the, on their own website. And I'm like, that's that's just like how do and it's getting really hard as you said for for, for brands so for companies to compete on Amazon, not to mention there there's a lot of things like uh, Amazon copying products that do well um, and all of those things. Um, so I feel that there is some kind of a, maybe not a shift, but it's interesting that domain names have been intrinsic part of the internet since like the very beginning of it. And there's there's that uh, little waves of you know oh we like it's not important our website we, we can do Facebook or we can do like say Amazon or we can do whatever, and then eventually people get back to domain names which is you know the only place where you can really control your brand really have a direct connection to your audience, 
and all the rest of it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I see it more as what you just said, where you have to monitor those platforms, you have to use them, you know, the best possible way that works for you and go with the flow as they change. But yeah, let me make that a question. What are your thoughts on, on that, on the importance of having your brand on your own domain and especially for e-commerce business where so much depends on that direct connection with the, with the end user and buyer? It's crucial. It's that's what I will say. It's crucial, um, and and you can see how back I think maybe back in the days when it, online business was not well um, understood, people will always find social proof as very relevant, and they still do, right? Like so, if if your website was listed in dom this publication or that other publication, that will validate you and your website, and it is still. It still happens, of course, but I think more and more people are trusting just a website. And it's like, okay, if I see mm. it there, it exists. And and the more credible it looks, the, the more professional it looks, the more it it conveys that you care and, and therefore mm. customers may be more interested in doing business with you because you care, right? And so, yeah, I think it's it's very important and probably to the topic and the topic of, of your business. I think that having good domain names is very important. I was uh, so, so like mesmerized uh, during the last Super Bowl game, seeing mm. these huge like uh, insurance companies and supermarkets uh, paying probably millions and millions of dollars for this advertising. And they would advertise specific programs. So the insurance company was advertising like new auto insurance or new house insurance. But for their program, they will create new websites. And so mm. the website will sound very logical. It will be like bestinsurance.com. Something mm -hmm. that was crazy to me is that their call to action, which was their website, was so mm. unrecognizable. I cannot remember. I remember the, the advertising, but I don't remember the call to action because the website was so common, so so boring mm. that they spent all those millions and i don't even remember how to go to that place that they wanted me to go to you know and so yeah. i thought look so many startups start with so less much less money that these guys put in this website and end up being very big and and this thing is just not mm. gonna make it for them so it's very important mm, absolutely oh no the, the, we we have a, an article on the super bowl the majority of brands do have the right domain names how they use that whether they use it to its full potential is a different thing but absolutely blown away yeah with some brands that like some companies that go oh my god i'm not paying that for a domain name it's too much and then they would spend millions literally tens of millions because you know we're talking about like seven million per 30 seconds but then you have the production cost and and they expect people to go where it's like why and they're like yeah but they, they can google us so you want to pay google as well because that wasn't enough what you paid already like why don't you just want it's them to come so, direct to it's you so, it's just so crazy to me i think yeah absolutely and the worst thing is that again if you, you go to you know the list section on on smart branding uh we do analyze like a lot of industries lists events funded startups every month so the, every month so the majority of successful businesses do actually eventually get their exact brandmatch.com domain name because it just makes sense on all levels um but like the ones that don't i don't i, don't, I, I think uh, there are a few that don't have those for whatever reasons and they've made it still and people use those exceptions to say, oh, you look, they did it. 
So I don't need to. It's like, no, they have the budget to afford to, you know, make people find them, but it still costs money. <laughs> so why would you want to do it? Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I agree. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, the So in, in terms of tell me um how does the process go? Like so you are buying and selling e-commerce businesses. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What is the what is the standard process for, for buying and selling a company? So the, the process is the following. Um there are two sets of the market, just like with websites, right? And domain names. So there is a seller and there is a buyer. And oftentimes the seller doesn't know that they are a seller, and, and sometimes the buyer doesn't know that they are a buyer either. Um Mm. but they get provoked when they don't know it at all they get provoked by a conversation it's just an idea oh look your mm -hmm. business looks cool and maybe if, if we were to partner we do something that's probably the old way of, of doing things more and more is happening that people are becoming intentional intentional at creating mm -hmm. a company that they can sell to make a living mm -hmm. and to make like a retirement or a, a group that is aiming to keep growing, but fails to organically achieve what they truly want to achieve. And, and so to become the big dream company they want to be, they need to mix organic with inorganic growth. And that inorganic mm -hmm. growth becomes, becomes an acquisition. And the process there starts something like this. There is a, there is a seller. Seller needs to be kind of uh, prepared to go to market. Uh, if working with a broker, say, it means that it's going to, assuming that they took the decision to go to market, it's going to have a deal preparation, which is to an analysis of the reasons why anybody should care about this company, what what the financial outlook of the company is like, uh, what are the risks of that. Then assuming th there's this broker, he's going to go and find potential buyers the objective would be to find as many good buyers as possible to present the, the best offer to the seller. It is very important that the seller and the buyer are convinced of the deal. If one of the two parties is not convinced, let's say that the buyer is offering too little money, the seller is not going to get the motivation to sell. Or if the buyer is, is being asked for too much, they are just at some point going to break the deal as well. So it's important that there is a healthy balance. Um, assuming that there is this healthy balance, there is a typical LOI, which is a letter of interest at a point which is a non-binding jet, strong commitment to go ahead, exclusive uh, typically. And, and through that exclusivity period, there is a diligence, just an exercise of confirming that what the buyer understood the company is, revenue is what it's said to be, the, the property mm -hmm. of, the, of the assets is exactly as it was represented. Uh, this confirmatory diligence is passed, go into a contract. The contract can, can be signed uh, in, in many ways. It can be an asset deal, an equity deal, and that gets matured into, into a final acquisition contract. Past that acquisition contract, there is an integration period. Typically, payments are not only upfront. More than not, they are split into upfront and deferred payments. And so there's a post-closing stage of the contract where there is a monitoring of the performance of the covenants that, that trigger or not those uh, deferred payments. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes there is a conditional event on those payments. The payments are done. Let's put an, a, an end to, to, the to the process. 
and yeah that's that's mostly how it goes um and you handle all of that yes it's a it's a very big complex process <laughs> and i aim and aim to disrupt that industry because it's like an industry that you know how in, in domain names when you're trying to buy and sell there is this process of having an escrow yeah and it provides security to everybody in the, in the transaction right like, yeah absolutely well that thing that does not exist in e-commerce um, mm. and so people it's a little bit more of a wild uh global market I, mm -hmm. I love it in so many ways because it's like we deal, say, with a buyer, and let's say in the U.S. and, and a seller in India or in Israel, as I mentioned. And so, what's the jurisdiction of that acquisition? Mm. Like one person is in one place, the other person is in yeah. one country. The the product is sold in a third country, and by the way, mm. you're selling an asset which is an Amazon account. And the Amazon account itself does not belong to you, belongs to Amazon. If Amazon were to shut that's down the crazy. business, like, <laughs> like no yeah. more asset, that's it's gone. Um, so so trust, trust and education is required. And these participants have typically, are, are small in size, have typically not been part of an M&A transaction, which is a sophisticated transaction in general. Mm. And, and I think that, that there is a big opportunity for, for the space to be transformed so that more of the complexity can be taken away. And I dream of a day mm. where companies are going to be purchased, purchased as domains are purchased, say, on GoDaddy. You go in, put your mm. credit card, click buy, the domain is assigned to you, mm. and there is protection and everything is in place on, on a click, basically. Mm. Um, I wish that you could, in the future, buy a YouTube channel that is monetizing content and click 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 and now the monetization comes to me and and the creator gets paid mm. uh, in a fair manner I, I think i think it can happen it's important for for us as society to solve our biggest problems that there are enough incentives for entrepreneurs to go tackle those big problems and and incentives are oftentimes of monetary type and so <laughs> the more we can facilitate uh, creating good outcomes for people that do good job, uh, I think the world is going to be in a better place. Uh, mm. And so that inspires me. Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds great. And I mean, it sounds like a lot of work, but it sounds like the type of, you know, the type of problems you want to have and to solve. Yeah, yeah, very much. Since I was a kid. <laughs> Creating, creating internet, <laughs> internet uh, connections in Mexico. <laughs> that that's just crazy. Like I, I know we're talking about other things, but that's just so um, like it's really well inspiring. I guess is the words. I, I think we have. I'm going to talk like an old, old person now, but this generation, <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel like they they don't have that. Like I mean, I'm looking at my kids, and I I don't even know. I, I think maybe we're like over over not even protecting over like we're making sure they have everything with that idea of they're going to take it and use it and do yes. more yes. but i think sometimes you need to have problems to solve to do exactly what you you know did yes yes, yes. The people are getting used to having everything uh, yeah done for them and it's a little bit of a struggle i think yeah but, but there are many humans seven billion yeah <laughs> Many of those, I hope, are going to be very creative and very smart. And we live in a very interesting time. So. 
Absolutely. What is the importance, do you feel, of, of the brand itself? Because especially like you, you're talking about e-commerce, you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's all happening online. Um, you mentioned the website, you know, it has to be mm-hmm. trustworthy, the name. Like when you are assessing, for example, um, business to buy or to sell, what do you feel is the importance of that to the, the brand name in particular and the domain yeah. name that the company has chosen? So I would say that there are different levels of maturity of what a brand is. And mm. At each level of maturity, a different type of challenge and a different type of reward and a different type of price. Um, and depending who you are, uh, the value that it, you will attach to that. So let me mm. make it more practical. If if I'm a strong creator of a creative person, like I can come up with many ideas. Maybe if you give me uh, the opportunity, I'm going to do really, really well. Because I can create something that positions in somebody's mind strongly. But if I'm not good mm. at that, having that be solved for me is very important. So back to the mm. perspective. Now, in any case, consumers are going to prefer always brands that resonate with them. And it's just so powerful, you know, so powerful to have a good product. Uh, there is this restaurant uh, here nearby my house by the best um, chef in, in, in the city. Um, if you don't know, but Mexico City is like the eating and, and dining <laughs> city in, in the world. It's just like capital of the world. <laughs> and and even as much as he's the biggest chef in town, if he doesn't perform, there is somebody else ready to take on. And mm. when the kitchen has not done well, people stop going. And so, so product is important. Uh, brand on the other side is that thing that will help you have always something to bank on even when the product is not great right mm. and, and people keep coming to your door just because of your brand so it's, a, it's this dual element between what you can do today and the value that, that you give to people today and how that performs in the long term and and, and this brand will be the the equity that you build that gives you credit so that consumers can keep coming to you either more and more and more or that they they give you a break when things are not going that well, but still mm. you can bank on them because they know you to, to, to do well. Mm. And so it's very important. Yeah, I completely agree. It, it is about that relationship and that promise, I guess. And yeah, strong brand. I think I come to that conclusion um, oftentimes with 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 my guests and in personal experience as well, it's like, I feel like, a, I mean, even like the best brand name and the best domain name and the best, you know, even good looking websites, like they cannot save a bad product. Just like at some point, I think maybe it was more possible before where like people had more limited choices. Yeah, but exactly. Competition is too high. So but right now, yeah, now it's like... Product, I would say we live in a, in a time where Cost switch of costs. The cost of switching, cost of switching is too low mm. to, to let go product be bad and just bank on the brand. Some brands can afford some of that for a while. Um but but good products also get you to good brands. So so I think it's kind of a dual game between product mm. and brand. Um I will tell you that as an investor, I we pay more for a brand than mm. 
just a product. Um, mm. We look at Instagram. We look at social for Instagram social media traction, and we look at um, conversion of organic traffic. And those we look look at subscriptions and returning customers. Those mm. things are worth more and command higher multiples than just a PPC campaign mm -hmm. traffic would generate. And therefore yeah. we, we value those at a less. Uh, so if you ask me, within our methodologies, we attach excess value for brand equity and social. Mm, absolutely. I think there's some like statistics on, on, on a lot of like huge um, acquisitions where where yeah the, the value of, of brand equity is like way beyond you know any kind of a physical um, assets that the company has and that's especially well, yeah, like yeah, e-commerce e e M&A is mostly about it's not exactly the, the brand is a little bit different because you, what you're measuring is say for instance in Amazon storefront it would be the reviews and the organic mm. traffic that the listings have but for sure you are only buying intangible like in e-commerce in e trading you are only buying a website you are only buying an amazon account or a mm. walmart account whatever it is that you're you're buying is an intangible uh and therefore that's what the valuation is on and there are millions billions of dollars in that market so mm. just, there is a lot of money to to be made or, or lose uh, on, on this type of decision mm. What are your thoughts on artificial intelligence? I have to ask you that because you know <laughs> everybody is in one way or another using it now. It's it's something that cannot be undone by now. Even even if you like, it's gonna get better and better and better, right? But even if you do not believe that it's gonna get better, what we have already, it changed the game mm. and it cannot be undone, right? Like nobody else is gonna understand about. Um, writing uh, an essay and not asking uh, a chat GPT type of product to give it a check on it or mm. people from going to I don't know some in so many ways is going to use like creating a presentation putting on a website making a marketing analysis creating a marketing campaign it's just in so many ways it cannot be undone I think that we're living a different world than we were living mm. five years ago. I think it's going to be a very different world in in three years from today. Um, I also think that financially there is always a bubble when this type of things happen. It's well documented. And it's a very interesting book by uh, her name is Carlota Perez uh, that talks about the um, industrial revolutions and the way in a cycle like this, where there is a lot of hype, there is a lot of investment. And mm. a lot of the promises that come with that investment won't be materialized into anything real. But that money is important because it's going to feed on the creation of the infrastructure that is going to help mm. future creations to, to come by. And so I think we may be seeing a little bit of that, I think, a little. Um, mm. But in any case, there is a lot to be discovered. And I'm really excited for for many of the promises that it comes with um, increasing life and spam and quality of life while you're alive and increasing um, solving other type of problems that we have right now. 
not only just creating an essay. Uh, that's nice. Mm. Not not a level. <laughs> yeah. I have that. Um, I have obviously I have chat GPT and one of my one of the kids uh, asked for the password and I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, try it on. And he put it on his phone and he didn't realize that I can actually see what he's asking. So at some point I'm like opening, I'm like, what's that chat about? And he was asking some question related to some, it was either a test or homework, something he was doing at school. And I'm like, oh my God, like already, really, you know, please. <laughs> but yeah, that's already happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah i will have high hopes in that for it <laughs> cool well um i guess last question yeah what are you looking forward to this year and like with 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 your business with with the brands that you're managing what what's exciting that you really look forward to that's a good question let me let me <laughs> i aim for a break through Year. I am working very hard. I think I wake up at 6 a.m., go to bed at 11, 12. And most of the time in between waking up and going to sleep is working. Um, mm. passionate about what I'm doing. And I just wish for a little bit of luck as well. So some of the projects we have come to real good fruition. And, and in doing that, my my breakthrough will be to be able to help um, 100 200 entrepreneurs get their exit and have the quality and capital to to devote to the projects that they care about um, and i i think that will be a great outcome for me this year to see a couple of 100 200 tra transactions happen how many how many domains do you want to sell this year? Oh, how many? I don't. I, I count how do you, more. How do, you, how do you measure success there for you? Yeah, how do you measure success? I think it changes. It has changed. Uh, if it's you know, if you're talking personally, it, it has changed over the years, which I'm sure it's uh, for for everyone. But uh, with domains in particular, not in numbers. I guess it's more. Two things. One is because obviously, like I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna be the one to say like it's not for the money because you have to live in, you know, like that. That's that's life. Like we need money, uh, but it's more in not in numbers, but in like you can have one transaction that you know blows away the past three years of transactions. So that's you know, you know, talking about uh, quantity, more about quality. But I think what I really like and measure success in is is because we we do jesus i'm interviewing you but uh yeah i'm just gonna go off the uh, tangent here because you asked me but yeah it's not about um like i see domain names as potential and oftentimes i would have people come up and not be very nice and say oh you're just holding those domain names and not giving it to me and blah, blah, blah. it's like you i mean no offense but you have a tiny project you don't have the vision and the potential to put that name really to work so it's matching that name with the right company, and then you see some like amazing things and and how it changes. How when you have a good product, a good team, and you plug that name, and you really see it like flourish. That's kind of I think what I see as professional, you know, business success. I like it. I'll I'll, I'll take I'll borrow some some of that for me. 
<laughs> I said it first. <laughs> I've <just> recorded. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You can you can take whatever you like. Thank cool. You. Well, that's been an absolute pleasure. We we're gonna include all the links to where people can reach you. Last thing, yeah, because I'm I'm talking about people reaching you. Um, what type of companies? What type of entrepreneurs can contact you? Is there like a particular business uh, sector, geography? What what are you looking for? Um, so really focusing on e-commerce brands, any geography, as long as you sell online, I'm up to hear anything about that product and that story. And even if it's not uh, a fit for my business, I have a very big network of buyers and investors. And so I'm more than happy to to give value to, to my network and, and, and bring new people in the network. So yeah, uh, any, any e-commerce uh, founder or aspiring to founder, I'd love to, to connect. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. That's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much, Tatiana. See you there. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.